Welcome to the Commentary Magazine Daily Podcast for Friday, October 2nd, 2020. I am John Podhortz, the editor of Commentary Magazine. With me, as always, senior writer Christine Rosen. Hi, Christine. Hi, John. Associate editor Noah Rothman. Hi, Noah. Hi, John. And executive editor Abe Greenwald. Hi, Abe. Hi, John. Abe, you will remember that one of my pet theories of the last decade or so, really, uh, that uh, I came up with most pressingly on uh, Oscar night, uh, the night that um, La La Land was declared the Oscar winner, and then the producer of La La Land had to look at the card and say, no, 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 Moonlight, you won the Oscar, that um, something happened uh, on on the... on. Something has happened to America where nothing works right anymore, and uh, we are now. I, I I theorize that this happened uh, on the eve of the millennium. That uh, Y two K actually happened. That the universe split in two, became a multiverse, and that we are all living in the wrong side of the multiverse that uh, very little that's good has happened in the last 20 years. Um, A lot of bad things have happened, except for, you know, like the births of our children and stuff like that. Wonderful personal things have happened. Uh, Publicly, it hasn't been the greatest time (laughs) in American or world history. And um, I think somehow the news overnight that uh, the president of the United States uh, has uh, the coronavirus is maybe the apotheosis of this theory. Well, Abe. let's hope. Let's hope this is, it, it stops here. I mean, I mean, I, all I mean by that is w- w- how much more into the wrong universe evidence can we take? I, 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 I honestly, I honestly don't know. I really don't know. I mean, this is the most gobsmacking piece of news. It is it induces sort of a silent kind of head shaking fatalistic. There is no response. What could that be lovely if everybody agreed with you, but there's so many responses. I went to bed at midnight, got up at eight and I missed an entire news cycle. There are takes, there are counter takes, there's virtue signaling, there's vice signaling. Everybody, has plumbed the depths of their despair and vomited it all up on the internet for us to consume. Um, There are times when I feel like I can contribute valuably to the public discourse and times when I don't think I have anything to say. And I think I'm alone in that assessment. (laughs) Although, wait, if I can offer one like um, Pollyanna-ish silver lining here, just last week, I think it was, I was claiming we needed a revival of Schoolhouse Rock to teach people civics. And I would bet that a lot of people in this country this morning woke up and started Googling presidential line of succession. And they're suddenly learning that, unfortunately, after Pence, the next couple of people are also in their 80s. So uh, in terms of who would take over if if, uh, Trump has to step aside because of illness. Um, But I would say we do have a way of coping with this. We it's a rare event if he does have to remove himself or can no longer. uh, Oh, my God. That's yeah. Not oh happening. my god! <laughs> what, why is that alarming? That's just how it it's works. It's not happening. No, it's just not because, happening. Right. because right. it's happening thirty-three days before the right. election. I mean, that's what I say. Oh my god! Uh, Michael <laughs> Beschloss came up on Twitter with the most talk about more gobsmacking. <laughs> so we have a twenty-fifth amendment, correct? Right. The twenty-fifth amendment was passed, I believe, in nineteen sixty-seven, uh, as a result of. Um, Serious investigations decades later into what actually happened when Woodrow Wilson, the president, got sick in the White House in 1919. And, and then he just was took over. <laughs> thoroughly incapacitated and his wife essentially served as president for a year. Uh, learning the extent of this uh, the, the w- led to the creation of, a, of the 25th Amendment, which empowers... Uh, the cabinet and the, in a very complex process, the cabinet and various other things to uh, take uh, to invest the vice president with the powers of the presidency. Uh, should the president become temporarily incapacitated for whatever reason, 
right? That's the 25th Amendment. There was foolish, ridiculous, embarrassing talk about invoking the 25th Amendment from the very beginning of 2017 because Trump was so crazy. He was so crazy that, you know, oh, the 25th Amendment, the 25th Amendment. I mean, embarrassing stuff, like embarrassing elitist moron stuff. Uh, But of course, this is now not an embarrassing elitist moron thing. Uh, He is a 74-year-old man with a, with a, a potentially fatal virus most people don't get really horribly sick from it but some really do and so this is no longer a joke anyway what Beschloss discovered is that uh, the stroke that incapacitated Woodrow Wilson took place 101 years ago today on October 2nd 2019 okay that's definitely weird <laughs> right history doesn't repeat itself but it rhymes mm-hmm I mean, if it were, if it had been a hundred years ago, that really would have been like, that's too much, right? That's too, it's not that it's not too on the nose for Trump to have gotten COVID-19. It would be too on the nose if it was on the hundredth anniversary of Woodrow Wilson being incapacitated by a stroke. Okay, but the we centenary have... of the 25th Amendment. Anyway. Well, look, Boris Johnson, the prime minister of the UK, got COVID, quite a serious case of it, actually. He was, you know, hospitalized for a while. He performed, but he continued to perform some duties, kept the public informed, got through it, recovered, recuperated. So, I mean, we do actually have examples of world leaders managing this virus. He was lucky, you know, He, but the same thing could happen now. And so far out of the White House, we have news that he's going to continue to perform his duties unless he becomes, you know, too ill to do so. Um, Some people, you know, thank God, get a very mild version, a milder version of this. He might not even need hospitalization. But if he does, again, we've seen this already with a world leader, um, one who's a little more disciplined and less chaotic than Trump, granted, but still, I mean, and 19 years and and younger. younger. Yes. yes. I mean, Boris Johnson is 55 years old. No, it, I mean, his age is a risk factor. It puts him in like, he's got what, something like 90% more of a chance of having to be hospitalized now that he's contracted it. It's not good. It's not good. But again, full-scale panic, we're not at yet, I Can hope. we just, just talk for one second about Trump's week? When was the New York Times story on his taxes? Uh, Sunday night. <laughs> Since okay. there's been that, the debate... The Proud Boys? Yeah, the, the, yep, the, the Proud Boys debacle. And now he actually is in quarantine with the virus. Yeah. Also, all those polls showing, mm-hmm. showing basically showing the race slipping away from him. Okay. Yeah, it's so, a bad, it's a bad, it's so, a bad you're week. Say, so you're I'm saying, saying maybe, maybe it's good you have all the trouble in the same week. Sure. Because at least, <laughs> at, least you know, at least it doesn't spread its... Okay. (laughs) Can I just point out this is the worst part about this is that your impulse, your impulse is black mordant humor, right? I mean, I, I, it is, it is uh, the nature both of the just um, jaw dropping facts that we're faced with and the kind of thing you just mentioned, Dave, about his week and all of that and Trump, uh, himself, who does not inspire uh, a kind of you could be humane in response, but he does not inspire a kind of I don't know how to describe it. Like um, a, a a great man is sick, you know. A great a, a great souled man is sick, so we really must all be quiet. And you know, he, he just you know he doesn't treat other people that way, and he can't be treated that way. Um, but it's not funny, but it's funny. I don't, why is it funny? It's not funny, but we, we respond to it. I mean, everything that I've been getting, every text, every this, every private communication is jokes, is kind of like black humor jokes about this because it's just too much. Like, we, how much more can this year do to How much more can we take out of this year? That's not a question you want to ask. Right. <clears throat> so... COVID prescribes something of a secular moral code, if you're on the left. It prescribes uh, certain behaviors, public behaviors, uh, uh, sacrifices that you have to make in public, um, indulgences for which you are uh, given, uh, you, you pay for with uh, public pieties and certain political uh, behaviors that you engage in. It has, a, it has a very religious affect to it. And there's an unspoken element 
of the left's approach to COVID, which believes sort of unspoken, but they kind of do believe it, that if you get it, you did something bad. And it's the universe has come for you and given you what your karmic do is. And that is what this commentary is going to become within the next, if it's not already here, by the time we publish this podcast, that's what it's going to be. Donald Trump has behaved, and he has behaved contemptibly when it comes to masking and what have you, and, and being very lackadaisical with that, those sort of precautions. So he's not undeserving of that re reproach. Nevertheless, Donald Trump will not be allowed to campaign anymore. Donald Trump will not be allowed to debate anymore. Donald Trump will not be allowed to be in public anymore. To do so will be to murder people. And that will be the, the public discourse. This is, I, 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 I didn't think there were the, the no more debates thing was a real thing. I think it's a hundred percent real thing now. I, I would be shocked if I, Joe Biden will probably acquiesce to it, but I will be shocked if the pressure is on his left is such that he can overcome it because there will be intense pressure to call the election now. No, going near Donald Trump, he's going to be radioactive. But but hold on. But if he if he doesn't take if he doesn't get very ill, um, or if he or if he gets ill and then recovers, why why can't there be a? He'll never recover. Well, why can't there be a virtual debate? Well, there could be um, uh, if if he'll allow one into it. Yeah. Um, well, and the stop campaigning will only put him on par with the campaign that the Biden team has been running, which is, you know, calling a lid. I mean, he's basically going to call a lid for a couple of weeks, which is what Biden spent all last month doing. And it was quite effective for Biden. That's so. right, but he's not doing that anymore. Now, the, we had a big reversal yesterday from the Biden campaign about door knocking. Right. Uh, it's no longer tantamount to murder, which is literally what the campaign said. Now they're actually just doing it because that's how you run for the president. He's doing a whistle stop tour uh, on the back of a train through uh Eastern Ohio, Western Pennsylvania, with big crowds, no social distancing on the on the streets. I mean that those pieties served to their purpose, and they're now an obstacle. And so they just got rid of them. Well, I mean, there was a story yesterday that the that there is a registration gap, a new voter registration gap um, in various states because the Republicans have been working assiduously to register new voters. And the Democrats have been hampered in this process by their uh, allegiance to social distancing practices. And so um, it was like a form of unilateral disarmament in this challenge to register new voters with Republicans having margins of a couple hundred thousand more in various places. And so Democrats basically faced a choice where they had to decide whether or not their allegiance to this piety was going to outweigh the necessity of at least neutralizing this new voter advantage and uh and and you know making it close to zero by going out aggressively in the next two weeks and getting people to register which by the way just because people register doesn't mean they're going to vote uh in fact you know uh when you when you grab someone to have them fill out a form and have them register you know the chances that they're going to vote if they're adults and have never voted before is still very low but the new registration numbers at least is something you can this i guess is why in in some of these states they let you register by party affiliation um in part to allow you to track how you're doing relatively compared to the other party. Cause I can't imagine why on earth we even know these things. We should not know these things. There should be no, the parties are private, even though they, they play, obviously they play a kind of semi-official role in how the ballots are structured and all of that. But uh, we should not know how many Democrats and Republicans there are in a given state and how their vote, you know, because that's, it, it, it's bad. <clears throat> it's corrupting, but nonetheless we do. So that's why the Biden campaign changed its tune because it was seeing, you know, it was seeing that it was being put at a disadvantage. Now, now what happens? The president is in quarantine and will not be seen in public again for a couple of weeks. The quarantine is a 14 day quarantine. He cannot see anybody. <clears throat> Let's make this clear. He cannot be in the physical presence of another person aside from Melania because he is in quarantine. People can't come in. I mean, see a doctor or whatever, you know, but you know, they, they have to leave his food outside the door. That, that is what quarantine means. 
Uh, I don't know how they're going to set up the camera for him to do the virtual debate if he is in quarantine. This is no joke. Like, quarantine means something. And if he violates quarantine, let's just make this clear, because this, tr- this is the part that is tricky for him politically. If he violates quarantine, it is not that he is going to get sick. It is that he will make other people sick and could kill them. And that's why he can't violate quarantine. If he decides or chooses to do so when he has corona, he will, that, that, I mean, that's the end of him. That is that, you know, he can't walk around shedding virus on people. Yeah, but he could, somebody can leave, they can leave a computer outside of his door. He can set it up and do it. I mean, I, I, I do think there's some way he can virtually communicate with the American public if he's not so ill that he literally can't get out of bed. And he well, should he do that. Well, he can tweet. He can tweet. He can tweet. He can, I mean, there's, there's plenty of stuff that but he, he can can't, do. He can't but, physically be out and about. That's true. That's true. But look, yeah, but Penn, he can't physically be out and about in the White House. Right. But I don't think that's given, given how, how, uh, we're, we've all become habituated to the Zoom meeting. There's no reason to think that him doing a virtual thing. Look, that's what Joe Biden was doing from his basement in Delaware for months. I mean, well, it's fine. He doesn't know well, how Boris, to do it. Well, but Boris Johnson, you know, communicated via video um, mm-hmm. while he was sick uh, until he had to go to the hospital. Right. Do you well, think Penn, Trump... Penn, hold on. I'm <laughs> serious. Let's talk about this logistically. Do you think Trump knows how to set up a Zoom meeting? Yeah, Somebody he, cannot come into his office. They can send him, and email him the instructions. It's not that hard. You just click a button. He doesn't even. <laughs> he doesn't use email. He only uses Twitter. Well, Melania this can is a guy who is writing, Look, I get that he, he was, should not have any contact, but he will. And if he does, that's the end of him. Yeah, I but don't know. he will. I mean, the, the notion the that the White House staff is going to stay away from the president is literally unbelievable. The c- protocol on quarantine is the protocol on quarantine. This is not like debatable. No, there are I know, no debates. I'm... There are no debates on what quarantine is. In other words, you can say, "Well, you can do this. Well, you can wear a mask," and that we don't really know what the transmission. Da, da, da. Quarantine is quarantine. Quarantine has been quarantine since the word quarantine was invented two thousand years ago. The word quarantine. But Melania right? can open up her computer and set up a little Zoom. I mean, I just don't feel like he has to go completely silent for two weeks. That's not even feasible. I'm not talking to- about the silence. I'm talking about him as the big figure president of the United States. He doesn't have his makeup guy. doesn't have his hair guy. See, he doesn't that have his is tanning bed. <laughs> he doesn't have anything. Yeah, there, the, that stuff will be by the wayside. But he will violate quarantine rules and negative partisanship dictates everything in our life. So his opponents will say you're killing people, murdering people, setting a terrible example. And everybody who supports him will adopt a position that defends that conduct. I don't know if that is correct. Wait, what? I'm serious. Let's, let's stop here for a second. You think Anthony Fauci and Dr. Redfield and those people can stand by silently if Trump violates quarantine. They cannot. They cannot. They are walking around telling everybody in America how they have to behave if they test positive for corona. If the president of the United States violates elementary rules of quarantine in public in a way that we all know about, they have to say you can't do this. They can't not. They cannot They cannot continue as public health officials. Mask They're going to resign in protest? This is the scenario oh, we're outlining? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, why, I would wait, put money down You on guys are both assuming that he's going to violate quarantine. Yeah, this, that, that, that's I, my I, question, not, too. Yeah. Well, Noah, Noah said he was going to violate oh. quarantine. I just don't yeah, No, I think White House staff will, will continue to function as White House staff, and he will continue to function as the president. But they can do that by not violating quarantine. That's possible to do, is all I'm saying. I mean, the, Boris Johnson, people have done this. I mean, I just don't... Bolsonaro, I, I'm not too. Saying, yeah, I mean, I think it's... But even setting that aside, I, I'm more so Pence tested negative, um, so he doesn't have it yet. Or you know, uh, how is that going to work? He could go out as a surrogate for Trump, right? If Trump asks him to get back out on the campaign trail, he's got a debate next week. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I mean is that going to help or hurt Trump in the election? I mean, are we ki- okay? Are we kidding here? Can we can we just can we just pull back and be like just uh, be kind of like a rational insane here? Trump is finished. This is the end of the election. 
He walked around for seven months. He didn't wear a mask. He made fun of Biden for wearing a mask during the, oh, the mask was so big, da, da, da. He said, take bleach. He said, I'm taking hydro, hydro, uh, you know, hydroxychloroquine as a preventative. He did this. He did that. He's gotten the disease. He cannot go out in public for the next two weeks. He's down eight or nine percent in the polls. When Hillary Clinton stumbled, uh, you know, during that week in September in 2016, it did not look good. People are not going to vote for a sick president. This is we're now talking about two different things. No, but I, th- and I he think he has right. coronavirus. He belittled and talked down the virus and said, we have to open up and I'm not going to wear a mask and made fun of people for wearing masks. He's done. I I don't disagree with that. I think, but what about, but it also highlights the frailty of the other candidate. I mean, Joe Biden is not exactly, you know, so the the question is, I'm just curious about how um, the American voter will look at this situation. I think you're right about Trump, but he was, according to the polls on the downturn anyway, so I, I just wonder if it raises questions in people's mind. So about you're saying Biden. Joe Jorgensen is going to be president? I mean, so there's <laughs> Biden, there's Trump. And Trump will have the virus and Biden doesn't so far have the virus unless, unless, and I don't know what the distance was on the stage, but of course there are these two lines about, about the social distancing, right? There's the six feet, you stand six feet, blah, blah, blah. And then there is the actually... The spittle, the stuff that comes out of your mouth can travel 15 feet. I don't know if they were 15 feet apart. And Trump what didn't if Biden stop talking. gets it because what? And Trump didn't stop talking. Right. And and yelling. And right. he was yelling, which apparently is worse. What if they weren't 15 feet apart and Biden gets corona from Trump? And it's I'm not joking. Like this is not a joke. I know, no, I know, I know. It's just um hmm. This disease has killed two hundred, has killed yeah. you know a million people on this planet, and two hundred thousand people in this country. Trump already looked irresponsible, as though we were, he were mishandling the virus. He's done. Everybody listening to my voice, yes, I will eat crow and eat a shoe and do whatever if somehow miraculously Trump finds a way to get reelected. But that flies in the face of every possible reality that we are facing here. If they were tied, maybe he could survive it. He's down eight, and everything that people have been warning about is now coming to roost inside his own body. He's not responsible. So what, what if he resigns? Dead. What if he resigns before the election? And it's Pence on is. I mean, oh, well, then Biden, then Biden wins. Like Biden, Biden still wins. Okay. Biden, I don't yeah. even know. By the way, that that would be an interesting thing to read about. I mean, how what does it mean? Right. If you vote, if 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 uh, if if Pence is suddenly the candidate, uh, and ballots have already been issued to people who've already been voting, I just wonder right. if there's a way to. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of curious about how our system I mean, deals with these. If there must be. I don't know, but I mean, like, let's say all the ballots have been cast, right? And forty eight percent of them are cast for Trump, just for the hell of it. And Trump resigns. Does Pence get those? He Pence is not the. I he's mean, he's on the, the ticket, right, but right. you didn't vote for Pence. I, I don't know that he just, the votes are then just assigned to Pence. I mean, he is, it is the Trump-Pence ticket. But it's an interesting legal question, actually. If Yeah, you know. it's a very interesting, and the fact that we're having this conversation is more evidence that Trump is done. It <laughs> is October 2nd and the election is over and people are going to have to start reckoning with this fact. I know it's seven hours since we heard that Trump has the virus, but the logic is unassailable here. He cannot campaign. He cannot debate. All we're going to talk about is his health. You don't want to talk about a candidate's health 17 times from Sunday. We're going to hear about how he's morbidly obese and blah, blah, blah. You can't trust what his doctors are saying, all of that. That is not not good. That is not good. And Republicans, what's more, all the Republicans who supposedly love him and worship him and all that, which is they support him. Are they going to like this? Well, I'll say that. I'm going to shut up now for what a couple was, of minutes. What was, the, like, what was the one sort of positive thing you could say about his performance during the debate? It was that compared to Biden, he did look hardy, right? He was he was the, the, the sort of strong horse and, and Biden looked frail. Um, the, he is now. He is now a sick man. And that's gone. 
I am not as certain as you, John, that this is the end. It could very well be. I'm not saying for a second, oh, it's, you know, this could have that. I'm, I'm not, I don't have scenarios in mind. Um, but just by virtue of the wildly unpredictable nature of this time, by just because of that alone, I, I can't, I can't entirely say that he's done. I mean, I mean if, it's, if the polls are even remotely right, this has been done for a long time. Or there's like, that, that anyway, yes. Yeah, so this really just is more on the pile. I, the, the notion that this has been a really unpredictable year is predicated on the assumption that the polls are wrong and we're always wrong because the polls have been very static and suggest that the president has been down between five and seven points on average nationally for the entirety of 2020 going into 2019. So yeah, if this just compounds the existing condition. Um, president will not resign, though. I'm very happy to, to make that prediction. Um, in the absence of a catastrophic health event that takes that decision out of his hands, literally out of his hands, 25th Amendment type scenario. Yeah, I think um, that's probably right. He, yeah. he, will not, he will not be removing himself from the Oval Office. Well, don't, 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 say, don't say never. I'm sorry. I mean, something like this has never happened before. We are, we are now in a circumstance in which something like this has never happened before. In the midst of a pandemic, the President of the United States has contracted the pandemic disease in part as a result of his own behavior. I'm not summoning it on him. I am not summoning it on him. But he has not conducted himself like a person who is living in the midst of a pandemic, who is 74 years old, with some comorbidities that are patently obvious. He has not conducted himself like somebody who could get the disease, and he has gotten the disease in the middle of the pa- in the middle of the disease, which is the single most important issue going into the election. It is a it is a um, manifest statement about him and his conduct during 2020. It is the most biblical statement that there could possibly be. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, it's too, what were we, I mean, the joke last night, since I presumed that he would test negative, was that this is just too on the nose, right? It's like, you know, plots and if this were a movie and Trump was in a movie, the fact, the idea that he would get Corona in the year that he was being blamed for mishandling Corona and all of that, which I think is overstated and that he's done good things and bad things and been responsible and irresponsible in different ways. But you would say that, oh, come on. Like, that's just ridiculous. Well, to- what kind of what kind of plot development is that? Like, do better. Be a little more inventive. Like, well, really? To- that's so unimaginative of you that he would get corona. But then he got corona. Well, to Noah's earlier point about the kind of secular uh, faith type uh, ritual that has always surrounded the discussion of this on the left. I mean, there's a sense in which, right, he's, it's a smiting, right? There, 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 we were joking and like trading biblical verses, but there's a sense in which I think there will, this will be interpreted as a kind of karmic, or is as a karmic uh, sort of justice. And that's fine, I guess. But I'm still concerned about the fact that the line of succession includes more people who are equally high risk as as uh, as Trump. And if if something I mean, Pence is obviously younger, but uh, I don't know. I'm just curious about the stability. We've been talking a long time now about the instability of democracy and what threats there are going into this election violence. You know, there's people who are worried about coups. I mean, things are on edge. And this this uh, I think it's important to to constantly remind everybody that we do, even though this is unprecedented, we do have a system in place that can handle this. And we should talk about that or at least like acknowledge that. I mean, Trump is a chaos agent. We know that. And we can't predict how he's going to respond to this. But even if he responds like a crazy person, our system has a way of dealing with that. And right. his and cabinet we- can always, you know, end him and his presidency if, if they want to. That's we have a system. Absolutely. And the system is, uh, you know, the system in the at, in the in the event of an incapacitation is actually quite uh, the process is complex. It involves writing letters, it involves a vote of the cabinet, it involves a vote of the Senate. 
Uh, it involves a, a, a time period in which the, I think it's a three-week time period, but something has to happen for three days and then for four days. I mean, you, you can look it up. It's the language of the 25th of May is very specific. In order to prevent coups, this is literally done because the process of making this a coup would be almost impossible, given how many people have to be involved who have different competing political interests. Um but I mean, in that sense, the timing couldn't be worse because he is, we are, you know, uh, like I said, it's October 2nd and the election is on November 3rd, which would mean that if something should happen where he gets incapacitated. Oh, Hang on. I'm sorry, I'm what? interrupting you, but there's more news. Uh, Rona Rom- Romney McDaniel has also tested positive for coronavirus on Wednesday. So it is a smiting. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, what's interesting is it's you know, going to test the tensile strength of everybody's capacity for s- not just civility but perspective and you know, grounded sanity. Not to not to label this a Republican-wide event and declare this to be a um, Republican play, unle- unle- unless it becomes a Republican-wide event. Well, it already is. The RNC chair has it. The president has it. Yeah. Well, his advisors have it, and there are more people. There were more people on that plane, and they were in a plane in a in a in a in a in in an enclosed space, you know, with plane ventilation for you know uh, I I don't know how long it is an hour and twenty minutes. I mean, how long is it from from Cleveland to to DC on a plane? An hour and twenty minutes, and then in vans. And then they drove to the airport. They took Marine One or whatever. They're in cars. I, you know, who the hell knows? Like, this is no joke. I mean, under under certain conditions, this is a very contagious virus. I mean, it's not it's not a contagious virus. It's it's not you know, like if you're um, if you're half a mile away from somebody, you can get it. But if you're in a con- 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 contained space with somebody for like an hour. Who has it and is maybe at the at the at the apex of having it, you know, uh, right at the beginning, before their own antibodies have had a chance to attack the virus inside their own body? I mean, who knows? I don't know. I mean, could twenty five people get? You know, could this? Could the could the going to the debate have been a super spreader event? Yeah. I mean, if 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 there are now at least four people who have it who were together. Is that going to be it? There have been documented cases of individuals who are themselves kind of a super spreader and spread it in a way that people either, even including other people who are infected with the virus don't do. So maybe Hope Hicks is like the beautiful, deadly super spreader, you know, she (laughs) said, but, but there are, there are those cases and there's actually been some intriguing recent research into why some people are far more infectious to others than, than um, other people have the virus. So yeah, it's definitely possible that that's what happened. Yeah, well, let's talk a little, maybe, uh, I want to talk a little more about the uh, broader social implications of what this means. But let me first tell you guys about today's advertiser, Gabby Insurance. Because when you've had the same car insurance or homeowner's insurance for years, you get kind of trapped into paying your premiums and not thinking about it. That makes it really easy to overpay and not even realize it. I mean, I've had the same car insurance pretty much since 1984, for example. It's the same policy number as it was in 1984. Uh, and uh, and I think I've told the story about how uh, my sister and I, we, we basically we discovered that my, my parents were paying, I don't know, 10 times as much for their, their home uh, insurance as, uh, you know, as, the, as they needed to. So that, that's one of the things that happened. So stop overpaying for car and homeowners insurance. See about getting a lower rate for the exact same coverage you already have, thanks to Gabby. Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples-to-apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive Nationwide. And travelers, just link your current insurance account, and in just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have. Gabby customers save $825 per year. That's a lot of money. $825 per year on average, on average, which means, of course, that half of them 
are saving more than that. If they can't find you savings like they did for all those people, they'll let you know so you can relax knowing you have the best rate out there and they'll never sell your info. So no annoying spams or robocalls. It's totally free to check your rate and there's no obligation. Take a few minutes right now and stop overpaying on your car and home insurance. Go to Gabby.com slash commentary. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash commentary. Gabby.com slash commentary. Okay, so here's the broader social implication question. Uh, we're we're engaged in this complex national discussion over reopening schools, reopening restaurants, reopening the how do we reopen, what's safe, who's afraid, teachers are afraid, people aren't going to go to restaurants, all of that. What consequence does the drama of the President of the United States grappling with the virus at this point as Abe was mentioning earlier in the week, that you know New York is reopening just when the caseload is increasing, whereas two months ago it could have reopened when the caseload was declining. So how is that going to deal with the reopening here? Yeah, the schools and restaurants are reopened. Yeah. By the way, I should add. So today, the, the New York Times every day has these four categories that it puts different states in regarding the virus. Um, states where cases are high and getting and staying high, cases were high where states where cases are high and going low, um, cases states where cases are low and getting higher, and states where cases are low and staying low. Today is the first day that they've put New York in the um, states that cases are low but getting higher category. Right. So what I'm saying is. This is a very complicated conversation. We're very angry about the way public institutions have been dealing with this and playing politics with it and all of that. Most of these being blue state institutions and blue state unions and, you know, blue model types. What consequence does the president's testing positive for the disease have? What what effect is that going to have on this conversation? None, some, a lot. It's going to make the politics of it much worse, I would assume, right? I mean, it's the I it, it's I told you so, right? This is I mean, we even see this like foreign leaders. The the a spokesperson for the French government was basically like, "Ha, huh, for those who you know, we wish the president well, but you know, all that skepticism, it it, it gets everyone in the end." I I don't think it's going to be. It's certainly not going to alleviate that that tension that that's existed, and 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 it's. I don't know. I think they'll see it as it proving their side, the the kind of blue state Democrats who want to keep everything on permanent lockdown or who are, you know, averse to reopening. It's we're going to stay closed for a bit longer, I would think. Um, I don't know. It's I think it makes the politics of it all much, much worse. Abe, what do you where do you I think it's I I think it's actually a a very destabilizing event Um, when the head of state takes gets a um, potentially fatal transmissible virus it sends shockwaves um through the system it is a it's a it it it's it scares the hell out of everyone in, in in a different way beyond just the raw numbers i felt it when i remember that was the feeling when boris johnson got it or when he went to the hospital there was this um sort of sense that things were shaking the, the foundations were shaking from the from the from the top to the bottom and um, I think what it could potentially do is um, further along a new cycle of panic, actually, about the virus. Uh, e- this time, I think, including people, uh, some people on the right who who who, who did think that um, there was a sense of imperviousness to Trump and to, to people like him. Meanwhile, uh, the jobs, monthly jobs report came out uh, just as all of this was going down this morning and it's not good uh fall job the job creation fell far short of just sort of like elementary expectations which means that uh whatever economic recovery was going on if it hasn't it hasn't really stalled because there's there's still you know the 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 aggregate number of jobs being created is is very large but it's not we are not like accelerating into into you know full bore recovery which on the one hand should be the trigger to getting this coronavirus relief bill finally through the house and the senate 
by Monday or something and having it, you know, signed, passed under the, the door, I guess, uh, for Trump to sign it uh, in quarantine. And then there'll be some coronavirus relief. Um, the fact that it will have taken till October when the relief, you know, ended in, in August remains uh, one of the signs of the utter insane brokenness of our political system that they that they couldn't come up with a deal because apparently evidently uh nancy pelosi believed that it was better for her not to have uh virus relief than to have virus relief which is just you know beyond all reckoning but here we are so that also has larger political consequences including uh, if the money, you know, I mean, if they sign the bill, then maybe there's some relief and then you won't have the kind of small business, uh, wave of small business collapsing collapses, turning into a, a tsunami though. We, you know, we've already seen some, you know, very large number of small businesses collapse and, uh, you know, here in New York or the, these places where, where, uh, indoor dining is starting, for example, but with 25% capacity. The question will be, once that 25% capacity is reached, I would say this freezes that. In other words, like the, 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 the idea that the President of the United States has the virus. So, you know, what all the restaurant owners are saying, let us have as many people in, in as we can. We're going to die if you don't let this happen. And we're going to say, well, you know, we, we can't. It's just not safe yet. I mean, look, the President got it. Right. The president got it. Yeah, I, I think. Mean, he, yeah, that's like to Abe's point too. That's the, but, the the qualitative impact of the general anxiety and fear that that news will cause is difficult to measure. But we're going to be the next few weeks will show the trickle down effect of that. That's it's a very dangerous moment. I mean, that fear is not what you want the American public to be feeling going into a major election. Well, I I would like to interject here and just say that uh, I think that this is not as apocalyptic as this con commentary podcast seems to be veering towards um, in part because the trajectory we were on is the trajectory we've been on and are still on. There was always a, a sentiment abroad on the left and in places that are governed by Democrats, democratic cities, democratic municipalities towards reimposing lockdown restrictions. You felt it. it was in the air. They were looking for a pretext. If this suffices for that pretext, then that will suffice for the pretext. But that doesn't mean that there wasn't going to be another pretext and that caseloads are rising and that that would suffice later on. And the anxiety over this pandemic will be worse now as a result of this one case, but it is nevertheless one case. And the notion that the president is somehow undermined politically by this is true, but he was in a terrible political position. So I'm basically saying that, yeah, this ex accentuates existing trends accelerates existing trends but doesn't create new trends well it it changes the way the dialectic in other words if you implicitly have the dialectic that in the in the united states you have one party that is arguing sort of lockdown fundamentalism and the other party is like, we got to open, we got to reopen. And the head of the other party, who is also the president, is in quarantine with the virus. You, your dynamic, your, your dialectic dynamic is broken. Uh, it shouldn't be because you can still, by the way, say, look, I have the virus and I still think that things should open because the country needs it and because I want this country to survive and thrive. I somehow don't really think that that's what Trump's going to say about it, but I, I don't know. But even so, um, where's the dialectic in, in favor of reopening? Well, and a different a different sort of leader than Trump could even say, you know, this was could could express humility about his earlier rhetoric and say, you know, if you're my age and older and you're at higher risk, obviously you cannot, you know, you you do have to stay in a kind of form of lockdown, even as we try to open up in other areas where it is safe. But he's not the person to make that message. I mean, I do think though that the real we're right that this is just an acceleration of existing trends with regard to the election, but it is a real, again, the qualitative difference is like we were, we were watching a reality TV show and now we're watching an episode of black mirror, right? Like suddenly it's got, it's taken on a different hue. Um, 
Which, well, the other way of saying is we're watching a reality TV show, and now we're watching reality. Right. Trump, Trump, Trump yeah. was living in a reality TV show in which how you know which how you appeared to be handling the virus was how you would handle the virus. Everyone, by the way, Cuomo. I mean, what, what was Cuomo? But a reality TV, you know, anti-Trump performer. Now uh, did know, I Cuomo. send people to nursing homes? By the way, yeah, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, but reality is now intruded. You know, uh, Trump didn't wear a mask and got Corona and may have given his wife Corona because he didn't wear a mask. Now, not you, not that you would wear a mask with your wife, you know, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, um, his capacity to have a serious conversation or say anything positive about his treatment and handling of Corona, which he tried to do in the debate and had he, by the way, been been better in the debate and more rational uh, and all of that, uh, he might have been able to make some of the, get some of these points across about, uh, you know, the, uh, what are they calling the race to get the virus? There's a term for it. You know, the, the, that they're, they're working on what, what would be a medical miracle if there is a virus by the, if there is a vaccine by the end of this year, that will be a medical miracle. Warp speed, speed, right. Warp speed, uh, you know, producing tests, doing this, doing that. Like you've been sold a bill of goods about how we're not, you know, we're not handling. We have been we have been focused like a laser beam on this, right? And and again, this is an argument that he could make that might get get to people who who would find the general democratic line that Trump has done nothing, uh, maybe slightly unbelievable. But now, you know, he's got two more debates. If, the, if I, I don't think there are going to be those debates, or maybe there'll be one, you know, if he if he fully recovers. But I, I don't know. Um, he can't make that argument because he's sick. <laughs> he got it. He got it. He didn't handle it. You know, he did. They're saying he didn't handle it, and people are still getting sick. And then he's the one of the ones who's gotten sick in October. You know, the idea was he wanted. You know, he he wanted the country to open up. By Easter, yeah, so I don't know. he's not—he's not the kind of person to ever issue a mea culpa either. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like anybody who makes that argument is kind of a ghoul anyway, and would have made that argument even in the absence of this event. Um, I don't think you need to make the argument. That's—I I mean, I think you're right that it's an incredibly delicate and hard, you know, thing to be both uh, sympathetic and understanding of somebody who's gotten sick from a disease that is, you know, no fault of his own, and all of that. It's just what the meta reading of what's gone on might be. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, you know, the argument doesn't need to be made. It's staring you right in the face. It's October. The disease hasn't run its course yet. He got it. You know, uh, and if if somehow the disease had, had been more uh, effectively or aggressively fought against... He wouldn't have gotten it. You don't have to say that in a debate or something like that for people to kind of get that idea. It's there in the ether. Am, am I wrong? I mean, I, isn't that what people are going to think? Yes, yes. I mean, that's okay, okay. Well, Noah's saying that it's ghoulish to even go there, but I'm saying everybody's mind is going to go there. Yeah, but it's but I agree with you, John. It's not about going anyway. It's not an argument. It's it's just it's um Yeah, it's a sentiment. It's not even that. It's just um it's it's a oh, come on. Associate, it. it's it an is what it is. Come on, you want to it's say an association, it. right? <laughs> it's an association. Yeah. You know, just like as yeah. just as if the if the virus had um um, continue to decline as it as it was on the decline, you know, several months ago, uh, up up until the point of the election. Um, then you you there would have been a some sort of sense of of vindication uh, on the, on the Trump side of the argument about um, where things were headed, whether or not the arguments made or not. That would it would that would be that's the impression it would have made. Alternatively, <clears throat> he gets a, sick recovers and is then bulletproof and that gets to be a, a superhuman presence entirely maskless swimming through crowd surfing at rallies 
that's the the last two weeks of the election are Joe Biden cowering and condemning everyone for going outside while Donald Trump is hoisted up on the shoulders of MAGA hat wearing uh, supporters (laughs) and paraded through the streets. I don't think that's entirely crazy, that's, right? Like you could no, totally that not. that's on brand for him. <laughs> uh, it's not. Um, but how do you know if he stopped shedding virus? Oh, they, but that's the thing is that I, I'm confident that now between now and November 3rd, anyone who comes within 50 feet of Donald Trump will, will uh, be exposing themselves to the risk of death. And it is irresponsible for the president to A, be outside and for you to be anywhere near him. And even within the sound of his voice, you're probably going to get it through Zoom calls too. like he will be a radioactive presence for the left, even if he recovers, even if he's no longer shedding virus. That's just something that they have to believe now. Um, they don't know who sheds virus. You can't measure. You know, it's not like there's like a heat lamp that shows you like every single other virus. When you're post-symptomatic, you're more or less no longer contagious. Okay. Um, I'm not being a virologist. I'm not really in the position to argue that. And then there's also this question of whether or not, you know, you, you, you depending on how you get or what you get or how you get it, that, that, um, that, you, you know, you don't immediately get the immunities. So that's part of the problem here is you're not sure. I mean, the, 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 the quarantine period is actually something that you do when you don't have symptoms, oddly enough. If you sort of think about it, you're quarantining until you don't have symptoms. You start quarantining with symptoms, without symptoms. I mean, I, you know, my, my daughter had to do this. She was in a play with somebody whose brother had, you know, she was in quarantine, you know, basically for two weeks. So or a little less than two weeks because she really clearly didn't have anything. But and it's also impossible to you know this was at the very beginning in March, um, but you know it's like you don't quarantine because you have symptoms. You quarantine because you don't. That's the missing element here. If you have symptoms and you have corona and you've tested positive, you are a spreader. Period. This is going to sound shallow, but I'm more or less of the opinion that if you are predisposed to COVID anxiety, this makes you more anxious. If you're not, it doesn't. Uh, I don't. I don't. I, I mean, I. I don't think that's entirely true. I think there are people who are not predisposed to COVID anxiety who will be made anxious by this. Actually, yeah. Well, I. Do we know on the margins? I agree, but he's he's been tested every there day. There is a story. Is he symptomatic? There, there's a Bloomberg has yes, a story. Cold symptoms. Yeah, oh. Bloomberg has a story that said that people in the White House, unnamed people in the White House, talking to Joanne Jacobs of Bloomberg or Jennifer Jacobs of Bloomberg, say that he looked exhausted on Wednesday and seemed to be feeling poorly, which would be symptoms, right? I mean, that's. Um, but that gonna, also could be, you know, hindsight twenty people imposing on their memories of him. Some, but yeah, I was just curious. Well, of course, reported, yeah. um, it, his physician has not reported him being symptomatic, right? They've said, he's, oh yeah, oh yeah, you're going to believe you're going to well, believe Donald Trump's doctor. <laughs> you're going to believe a word that one of Donald Trump's doctors says. Yeah. I mean, that, I'm sorry that you know we can't we 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 are now in a position where the president's sick, and uh, the only thing that will you know. We are now we we can't fully trust that we are going to get this straight story about what's going on with him from his aides and his people. So that's where I go back to. I think if he's doing pretty well, he's going to want to show people, even if it's like through a video call, that he's doing well. Whereas if if he shuts down and he's not making a lot of noise uh, and and getting any message out there at all, that would suggest he's quite a lot sicker. Then maybe. Look, it would release, you know. If he's really, really sick, he's not going to be in a position or in a mood or in a capacity to like tweet all day. But he can tweet all day from quarantine. Um, I don't even that know what help. it means to have a president in quarantine. That's part of you know, like if there's a public, uh, not to get crazy here, but um, there's a public report that the president of the United States has a, a, a life threatening, you know, has contracted a life threatening disease. And uh, you want to take Taiwan? Is this maybe? I, I, I'm just like I don't mean to be like going the American to, government. 
yeah. is still intact. There it has are. redundancies. We have precautionary measures in place. Continuity of government I is am not talking, in the founding charter. This I is, am not talking about actuality here. I'm talking about what this will appear to be like on the planet Earth, which is the president's, you know, it, there's an election. The president's coming up, you know, like... Uh, take Crimea. I mean, I, I, uh, we, we, uh, this has been the this has been something that the left has been guilty of the entirety of the Trump presidency. We have had the most destabilizing force in American history in the Oval Office now for four years, and by and large, things have operated entropically in a continu- continuous fashion, which speaks to the stability of the system and its you know the foresight of those who put it together, and not have its fragility. But I'm not talking about actions that we would take. I'm talking about how we respond to actions outside the United States by actors who might believe that they have an opportunity with an incapacitated, potentially incapacitated president. Now, I'm not, if we're playing scenarios, that is not a scenario that, you know, if I if I said this to you 20 years ago, you wouldn't roll your eyes about this. This is not, this is something real. No, I don't. I, I, okay. I do. I don't think I would agree with that at all because that's just not how nations operate. Um, it's not a. That's not a grand strategic consideration. Um, there's there's still consequences and tripwires and things that happen automatically uh, that would prevent nations from engaging in that kind of a gamble. Okay, I, I'm just raising it as a possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen. And the reason, or, or called, the, the, reason even, the nuclear codes are called a nuclear footballs that they can be easily passed to the next person if something happens to yeah. the one who's holding it, right? I mean, it's, it should, we yeah. should be reassured. Again, like, that's the process. In Nations system. don't commit blood and treasure to adventurism, w- given those just the, the relatively minor uh, change in geopolitical landscape. They um, don't? No, not really. Uh, it's pretty rare. Uh, that, that, sort of a, that sort of a gambit um, is requires a, 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 a set of leaders and a, uh, a set of incentives that I think are more multifarious than you're giving you credit for. I mean, there would have to be a lot of other factors in play, which may be in play, but they would be attributable to other factors and not Donald Trump's incapacitation should that okay so let's put that to one side so that's so that so that's not going to happen let's just say so we can all rest easy that you know there isn't going to be some act of foreign adventurism uh so i can stop my kids red dawn training and that's off okay yeah exactly okay um what other horrible possibilities uh you know can one contemplate with a with a with a president at you know in 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 terrible uh, shape well, I mean, I, this because that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, we're, I, so I just the, the political question that I'm that I'm wondering is if if, we, if I agree with Noah, he's never going to resign. Um, and assuming that you know the 25th Amendment is not invoked in that process, so if he's on the ticket and Pence is on the ticket, does that switch anyone? Does anyone assume that maybe he won't be able to serve out a second term regardless? And that's what you're, I think, John, what you're arguing is that that would send more undecided or on the on the margins voters towards Biden. Right. Um, oh, yeah. OK, because is there not like so I also have the question of like Biden is pretty frail, too. So my question is, like, in your mind, are you actually when you cast your ballot this election, is it really between Pence and Harris? That you're truly down the line. If you're looking ahead for you know a few years, it... no, no, okay, no. And by the way, if it were between Pence and Harris, why would anybody vote for Pence? I'm just saying, like, I mean, every Republican would vote for you know the generic yeah. Republican would vote for the generic Republican, so the result would be you know pretty much Where the same. Are yeah, okay. Are people going to go? I don't know. Kamala Harris is Kamala Harris is just too uh, left wing for me. So I'm really going to really I'm voting for Harris and not for Biden and, uh, you know, like that. I mean, that the question is uh, every, you know, luck is a very important, plays a very important factor in politics. Uh, And um, Donald Trump has had terrible, terrible luck in 2020 and you can blame him for it or not blame him for it. Cause of course, as Machiavelli said, you know, sort of uh, a great leader dams the r- river of fortune. 
He doesn't just let the River Fortune run where it goes. He sets up dams and redirects it to his own advantage. But he's had very bad luck in 2020, and this is, I mean, for him personally, the worst break, uh, but is as about as bad a break in luck as you can have 30 days before, you know, a month before an election in which you are, in which you are losing. And that's just why I'm saying he's done and I will, I will eat a lot of crow uh, if I'm wrong and I've been wrong before and I'll be wrong again. Um, but, uh, but I mean, I think my view is the conservative view. I don't mean politically conservative. I mean, conservative just as a matter of, you know, human nature and all of that. So with that, uh, Happy Sukkot to uh, uh, Happy Festival of Booze um, to uh, fortunately, uh, if you have a certain type of uh, sukkah, um, you're not in an enclosed space, so you can you can sit there happily with your family and have your meals and 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 uh, go about uh, uh, Judaism's most most interesting and unique holiday. I would say uh, I can't even explain it to those of you who are not Jewish. What what's going on in it? We. We, we sit in a, a specially designed uh, shed with the, open to the stars uh, and, uh, and, and eat there and are supposed to sleep there and do various other things um, uh, as part of the uh, welcoming uh, process of welcoming the new year and, and harvesting and various other things. So, uh, so a very, uh, very happy Sukkot to everyone. And we'll be back on Monday for Christine, Abe, and Noah. I'm John Podhoritz. Keep the candle burning.